Good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners, as we always do. And again, we want to let you know how much we appreciate your being there. And your being there, and we know that many of you listen every day or close to it, and others listen very frequently as you have the opportunity, and your being there is a great encouragement to us. We want to do a good job of teaching God's Word, first, to bring God glory, to serve Him accurately and effectively and faithfully, but also to try to help you come to a better understanding of His teachings communicated in His Word. And so we take this time to be with you very seriously. We pray that as your knowledge of God's Word is growing through the teachings on Search the Scriptures, that your faith is growing stronger. That should happen. We keep emphasizing that is exactly how we're told it happens in God's word. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And as your faith in God grows stronger, then you should come closer to God and you should be gradually better equipped to make that final decision to come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Come to him all the way, giving your life to him surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins. We pray that we're helping you toward that end. Great to be back today with Dennis Stackhouse, brother. Thank you, Gary. This is certainly a wonderful time to get together and to open up God's word and to share the teachings contained therein with all of our listeners here on Search the Scriptures. And as you said, we certainly do appreciate all of those who've tuned into the program today. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, becoming a Christian, Gary, is such an important thing for every one of us who are living in this physical life. We're told in Scripture that the angels will rejoice in heaven if just one sinner comes to repentance. That's how important it is for each individual to come to Christ, to become a faithful member of his body, and to live a life of faithfulness then until their earthly life has been completed. And you know, if there was some way that we could wave a magic wand and just convert people instantly, that would be great. But it's something we can't do. This is something that requires study. It requires teaching. It requires you to make a commitment individually and personally. And as you listen to our programs here on Search the Scriptures, we do hope you're coming to understand the gravity of doing this. It really is the most important thing you can do in this life. Because once you commit yourself to Christ, once you begin to live faithfully for him, you can be assured your eternal home is going to be in heaven. Amen. And you know, you you made that point that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner coming to repentance. What a great thought. Oh, my. Uh, So God is aware of each one of us. Absolutely. You know, Jesus talked about how not a sparrow falls, but God knows it. That's right. God knows the number of hairs on on our head. Yes. He knows us that intimately. That's right. But also what you just said, he knows when one sinner has come to repentance. Mm -hmm. And not only does he know, but the angels in heaven are made aware. And they rejoice over the repentance of that one sinner. They do indeed. Boy, what a uh, personal personal knowledge God has of each one of us. What a, what a wonderful thing it would be to just witness that scene on one occasion when one is baptized into Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Dennis, we're going to continue on with this study about setting our mind or our heart on God. 
Yes. We've been looking at this and I think getting into it really well. And hopefully we're helping people understand that this is a mindset that we need to make mm -hmm. sure that we've got our, our hearts, our minds properly focused on God. Yes, that is essential. Now, again, many people, they would differentiate between the heart and the mind. Uh, to a great extent, we're talking about the same thing here. Yes, we certainly are. Now, I know there's, there's some difference, and, uh, but, but when we look at Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verses 35 through 38, where Jesus says that uh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, that takes in every bit of us. Yes, it does. It's our entire being. Physical, spiritual, emotional. Absolutely. That, every bit of us. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about setting your heart on God, we're not talking about just feelings here. No. But it has to be coupled with understanding. That's mm -hmm. intellect. Now, that's the mind. Mm -hmm. That's right. So all of that goes together. Now, we noted a number of passages that talk about how we need to have our focus on God. Mm -hmm. Our heart needs to be right. You know, actually, when we're talking about where does sin come from, well, it comes from, the, from within. It comes yes. from where we've got our mind or our heart set. Right. And we need to make sure that we've got everything set correctly, and that would be on God. Mm -hmm. Now... Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, and we want to look at this as a uh, classic text on this particular subject. There's a formula that's laid out for us here. Now, you're not going to see it listed as formula for setting your heart on, on God, mm -hmm. but in essence, that's what we're looking at, a formula mm -hmm. for setting our hearts on God. And we ought to care enough to want to look into this text and understand how we can and should do exactly that. So why don't we read through verses 1 through 17 together right now, and then we'll come back and start looking at them in sections. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and to put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love 
which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Quite a text, Dennis. <laughs> it certainly is. Yes, a lot is said there. Yes. And I think we would do well to start to kind of analyze this part by part. Mm -hmm. So let's go back and look at verses 1 and 2 again. And again, we're in Colossians chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. When we read those two statements, first in verse 1, seek those things which are above, mm -hmm. and then the second one in verse 2, set your mind on things above, mm -hmm. basically those are parallel statements and yes. instructions. Yes, they are. But I really like the way it's put in verse 2 because I think it helps us understand that this is a conscious decision on our part, mm -hmm. individually, Absolutely. to set your mind on things above. That's right. And we've talked many times on the program over the years about Christianity, faithful Christianity, being a mindset. Yes. It is a focus. We've got to make up our minds what we're going to be, how we're going to live, and then follow through with that. That's absolutely the case. And we can see numerous examples throughout the scripture where that very thing is taking place. We can. And, you know, we could, we could talk about David. Mm -hmm. Now, David made mistakes. There's no question about that. Right. And yet, he was a man who was seeking after God's own heart. He was. And he's actually identified that way twice in the scriptures. Now, even though David made mistakes, as we said, mm -hmm. his basic focus was his mind, his heart was set on serving God. That's right. You know, we can see the same thing in the life of Abraham. We often think of him, and rightly so, as the father of the faithful. And yet, he too made his share of mistakes. He did things which were not right in God's sight. And yet... When it came down to the bottom line, James tells us that he's recognized as the friend of God. Yes. Now, the difference between these men, and we could look at a number of other examples, say in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible's Hall of Fame, as it's called. Yes. And we see these as great men and women of faith. Mm -hmm. The difference between those individuals and so many people who live in this world today and have in every generation mm -hmm. is exactly what Paul is, is emphasizing here in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. They set their minds on God. That's right. On serving God, mm -hmm. on being godly. Mm -hmm. So many people in the world, they don't. They they understand intellectually maybe what they ought to do, mm -hmm. 
They may have some passing desire to want to serve God, but they haven't made up their minds to do that. Yeah, and you know, just hearing that or saying that, Gary, some of our, our listeners might think, well, you know, that, that sounds judgmental or that sounds cruel. But really, when we get down to think about how this plays out in our lives, the way that we live physically we demonstrate whether or not our mind is set on serving God. And it comes out in the actions that we're involved in, in the speech that we utter, even in the way that we think. It really does. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. It is. We keep saying that. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody can say, oh, I love God. Oh, I love God with all my heart. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I have such great faith. Mm-hmm. And then you observe the way they live, and it's obvious that they don't love God, they don't mm -hmm. love the Lord, they don't have deep faith. Yes. Because they live a life that is contrary to all of those statements. Yes. And again, that's not seeking to be judgmental. That's seeking or simply observing what people are doing in their lives. Yes. Somebody can work for a particular company mm -hmm. and then say, Oh, my, I love my job. Oh, yes, I'm so dedicated. Yeah, I'm loyal and so on. They miss a day of work every week or two. They show up late. Mm -hmm. They're lazy. They don't do their job well. They, give, they, they, they present no evidence of wanting to do better or improve. They're just blowing a lot of smoke. Unfortunately, yes. Now, that's just a simple illustration mm -hmm. to kind of get across the point that we're talking about here. When somebody says, I love the Lord, mm -hmm. well, what did Jesus say in John 14 and verse 15? He was very clear there. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Or the version I prefer, the New American Standard, renders that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that is essentially the sense of what's said there. It really is. He comes back and says that again in verse 21 and then again in verse 23. That's exactly right. And in verse 24 of that text, he looks at it from the inverse perspective and says, yes. the one who doesn't love me is the one who doesn't obey me. That's right. No way to miss what he said. Yes. Yes. He leaves no wiggle room there. No. So when somebody is saying, I love the Lord, I love God, oh, I have great faith, oh, yes, I'm... I'm I, have this deep abiding faith. If you're not living the life, you're just blowing a lot of smoke. Yes, that's true. And God knows the truth. Mm -hmm. You may be clouding your own vision mm -hmm. more than anybody else's because probably other people around you recognize as well mm -hmm. that you're not living the life that you're talking about. And you know, that may be uh, one of the reasons, at least, we read the statement we do in Matthew 7, verse 21 where Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, if we speak the game, we need to walk the walk. That's right. That's right. Not just talk the talk, but walk the walk as mm -hmm. well. And notice in these verses, it is the active part of the individual to seek those things which are above yes. and set his mind on mm -hmm. things above and not on the earth. Mm -hmm. We do the setting of our minds. We do. 
it doesn't just happen to us. We make up our mind. We make a choice. That's right. God does not force any one of us to be a Christian, to be his follower. That is something we consciously decide to do ourselves. And how we live as his follower is also our conscious choice. Absolutely. Now, how about verses 3 and 4 there? For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Somebody might read these two verses and kind of gloss over, I think, some rather in-depth meaning here. When he says, you died and Mm -hmm. your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on in the next verse and says, when Christ, who who is our life, Christ is our life, when he appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Essentially, what Paul is saying here is when you become a Christian, you have, in a real sense, given up your life to Christ. Yes, there's no question about it. There's numerous statements, again, made throughout the New Testament that tell us when one goes from a life of sinfulness to a life of righteousness by committing themselves to God and to Christ, they die to the old man. They do. In fact, let's turn to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 and read that. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul is speaking in a very graphic way there. He's using imagery that that really ought to impress the reader. He says, I'm, in essence, I have died for Christ. Yes, no question about it. And that's really what he's talking about back here in Colossians chapter 3, verses mm-hmm. 3 and 4. That's right. We give our lives mm-hmm. over to Christ. We, we, now our lives are lived for him. Mm-hmm. So in Galatians 2 and verse 20, he actually uses that vivid imagery there of being crucified with Christ. Yes, And yet he says, but I live. He's talking about physically. It wasn't a literal physical crucifixion. Mm -hmm. But the sense being he gave his life up for Mm -hmm. Christ. Exactly right. And the life that he now lives, he lives, that is, the life that he now lives in the flesh, he lives by faith in the Son of God. Mm -hmm. He lives by faith in such a dedicated way that his faith guides him in how he lives his life. Mm Mm-hmm. We might say that it's almost as if through the life Paul was then living, people could see Christ in him. And really, that's the way it should be for any Christian today. Exactly right. And of course, we can go back to some of the classic texts like Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, where Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you're the salt of the earth, you're the... a a light set on a hill Mm -hmm. and you should let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Yes. We need to live the life. We need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, but people ought to be able to see Christ in us. Absolutely. Absolutely right. By the way we live our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, let's turn to first Peter chapter four and look at verses one and two. Therefore, Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, 
that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of man, but for the will of God. So having the mind of Christ will lead us to live our lives by the will of God. Exactly. So he says there in verse 2 of 1 Peter chapter 4, no longer should we live our, the rest of our life or our time in the flesh for the lusts of men. That's serving our own carnal pleasures, mm-hmm. but for the will of God. Now, yes. that, that's really powerful. Oh, for yeah. the will of God. That's how we're to live our lives. That's, that's right, yes. Serving God, putting God first, having our lives, and, and again, we make the choice here, mm-hmm. having our lives governed by God's will, and of course that will is communicated to us in his word. That's right. Very, very important for us to understand and grasp, but it's, more, it, it's needful that we do more than just understand it. We need to apply it to our lives. Yes, there's no question about that. Not, must be there, mm-hmm. absolutely has to be there. We're not talking here about optional matters we're talking about what needs to be in our lives. Yes. When, G, uh, when, when Paul wrote, seek those things which are above and set your mind on things above, he's not making suggestions there. No, he isn't. <laughs> he's giving us divinely inspired instruction mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. So once again, in verses three and four, when we become a Christian, we die to that old life mm-hmm. and we take up a new life. That's right. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in fact, there's a, a pretty succinct statement in uh, verse 17. And what does Paul say there along this line? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So he's a new creation. Mm-hmm. Now, we can understand that as being a new man or a new woman. Absolutely. You have changed mm-hmm. when you become a Christian. Yes. And he makes the contrast there. Old things, that old lifestyle you used to live, mm-hmm. that's passed away. Right. Now, you see things through different lenses. Mm-hmm. You see things in a different way because now you are spiritually focused mm-hmm. primarily. Yes, And that is for the person who is in Christ, Paul said. And that's another important phrase that appears numerous times in the Old Testament, or the New Testament writings, excuse me. It's talking about a person who's made the commitment to be baptized into Christ. Romans 6, verse 3, as well as Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, provide the only method noted in the New Testament where one can get into Christ. And that is through baptism. It's through baptism. Well, our time is just about up, so we're going to have to stop here. We'll come back and pick up with verse 5 next time and finish this particular study. And it is an excellent study, excellent study. Setting our mind and the need to set our mind, our heart on God. We want to encourage you, jot down the information that you'll hear in just a moment as to how you can contact us and receive that free Bible study that we offer. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again, for free. We hope to hear from you right away.